So if you are, are new today or you've been away or you've been out of the loop, we're in the midst of a sermon series right now on the Lord's Prayer. When Jesus' disciples asked, them, asked him to help them with, it, with their prayer life, he gave them an actual prayer to say. Um, and because prayer is, is such a vital way that we connect with God, it's important for us to continue uh, to, to allow Jesus to teach us how to pray using the words that Jesus spoke some 2,000 years ago. Uh, each phrase of the Lord's Prayer is, is like its own uh, confession, profession of faith. And when we allow Jesus' prayer, this prayer to form our own prayers, it grows our relationship uh, with God. It, it grows us as uh, disciples of Jesus Christ in, in the world, in our vocation of, as disciples. So, so far, we've talked about our Father, who art in heaven, and how um, when we pray this, it identifies the God to whom we pray, the relationship we have with this God, and our own identity as God's children. And then last Sunday, Reverend Ismael Ruiz Millan preached and taught us um, and shared about how praying, hallowed be thy name, orients us um, to giving God honor and praise and glory with, with our whole lives. In other words, to do what we were created to do, which is to worship and glorify God. Uh, and this week, we come to a phrase that out of all the phrases of the Lord's Prayer, might just be the one we underestimate the most. We underestimate the most. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. Uh, this we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Three, three different scripture readings this, this morning. Um, two from Matthew, one from Revelation. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we've wronged you just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Then also from, from Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to announce, change your hearts and lives, here comes the kingdom of heaven. And then finally from Revelation chapter 21, hear these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them and they will be his people's. God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no more mourning, crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making all things new. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the line of the prayer that deserves an exclamation point. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, or even when we pray like on our own in our homes, I wonder how often we pay attention to punctuation. Have you ever thought about that? When I think about my own prayer life, like I, I, I wonder how often my prayers kind of sound pretty monotone. <laughs> um, you know, like that second grader that's figured out how to read but hasn't learned the art of punctuation or expression. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Or you know what I mean? But praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, <laughs> it's quite a statement. It deserves more than monotone. It captures the struggle of life and discipleship. The tension between the way things are and the way things should be. The tension between who we are and who we could be. With this particular petition, we recognize. We recognize things in ourselves and in the world that are not as they should be. And pair them with the longing that, and trust that we have for God to do something about it. When we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're confessing and naming our present longing, our future hope, and our first allegiance. Our present longing, our future hope, and our first allegiance. It really should come as no surprise to us that the kingdom of God makes its way into Jesus' prayer. Uh, the kingdom of God is the very core of Jesus' message and ministry. It frames it. If our Father who art in heaven is the, is, forms the base for the rest of the petitions that come in the prayer, then thy kingdom come, thy will be done is the framework Jesus begins his ministry by announcing, as we just read, by announcing that the kingdom of God was at hand. And when we pray, and when we hear the phrase, I'm sorry, when we hear the phrase, kingdom of God, we instinctively might go two places. We might jump to some notion of heaven or what happens right after we die. That's not the kingdom of God. Actually, in general, when the Bible talks about heaven, or the heavens simply referring to God's space. God's space. Or we might think of kingdom as like a medieval kingdom in Europe ruled by monarchs, or maybe even like a feudal system ruled by, by, um, by ruthless landlords or that type of situation. But when the Bible... When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, for Jesus, the kingdom of God refers less to a, a geographical uh, space, a geographical territory ruled by monarchs, and more generally, to the reign and rule of God. To the reign and rule of God. In other words, God's action in the world. When Jesus said that the kingdom of God was at hand, and then he did things like heal people of all kinds of diseases, uh, welcoming and eating with sinners, casting out demons, telling stories and parables about forgiveness and restoration and, and reversal, changing people's lives, yes, even dying on a cross and rising three days later. He was demonstrating what it looks like when God reigns and rules. What it looks like when God reigns and rules. He was embodying 
God's will being done on earth through him. God's kingdom is wherever and whenever God's will is done. God's kingdom is wherever and whenever God's will is done. So another way to to, to translate the phrase that we pray in the Lord's Prayer might be to say, God, let your reign come and let whatever you want to happen, happen here on earth like it does in your space. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven, he was praying for human space and God's space to overlap and intersect. He was giving voice to our longings for the things that defined the Father's heart and Jesus' ministry to happen in our hearts and world right now. Healing, restoration, justice, mercy, peace, love, belonging, for everything that is unfinished and broken to be finished and made whole. I remember as a, as a kid being um, obsessed with, with Legos, and I would build and create and set up these scenes and, and create these plots and act them out with Lego planes and Lego people and Lego police stations. And as you probably know, like you can't just like whip up a Lego something, right? You, I mean, it takes time. You have to build it brick uh, by brick by brick. And I can remember so many times I'll be working on a project, on a creation, right up until supper time. And, and I wouldn't be finished with it, and my mom would call out, time for supper. And I would say, okay, and then I would keep working on my Lego project. And my mom would call out again, hey, it's time for supper, probably two or three more times. Uh, before finally I, I would get up and, and go downstairs with an unfinished Lego pro, uh, you know, project, longing to get up back up there and finish it and see it through to its completion. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. The unfinished things in our hearts, in our lives, in our world are reasons why Jesus teaches us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Think about, what, think about the, the mother struggling to get pregnant and what it means for her to pray, thy kingdom come. Think about the addict trying to shake the addiction of alcohol and what it means for him to pray, thy kingdom come. Or the family exhausted from, from busy lives, thy kingdom come. Or for that person overcome by guilt and shame from past mistakes, what it means to pray, thy kingdom come. Or, or the person blindly chasing after stuff and money and prestige, thy kingdom come. Or, or the person of color feeling the full force of systemic racism, praying, thy kingdom come. Or if none of those are, are maybe us specifically, think about what it means for us as followers of Jesus to pray for them. Those things. The things that, God's, that God longs for in people's lives and in our communities. To long for God's reign and rule and what defines that rule to, to break through. Like, God, let your kingdom come in my heart as it is in heaven. Make, make a throne there for your spirit. Rule in there in love and let me can be consumed with love for you that, so that there's no room for sin or shame or, or guilt. Or God, let your kingdom come in my family as it is in heaven. Lord, we long for your peace and, and a sense of order in the midst of this chaotic season right now and busyness. Or God, let your kingdom come in this church as it is in heaven. May we truly embody the transformational belonging that defined Jesus' ministry. 
Or God, let your kingdom come in my neighborhood as it is in, in heaven, so that neighbors are not isolated or, or, or lonely, but has hospitable and, and sharing life together, and so that those who, who feel far from God might experience a relationship with Jesus. God, let your kingdom come in this nation as it is in heaven. Give us the humility and courage to tell the truth, to confess, to repent, to, to heal, to reconcile for the sake of justice and, and equity. I mean, you fill in the blank. In my workplace as it is in heaven, in this hospital room as it is in heaven, on my team, in my school as it is in heaven, let your kingdom come. So when we pray, when we pray this phrase, we, we align our present longings for things to be made right with God's present dream for our hearts, our lives, our world. We're naming a desire to see God's work in our midst, to finish the unfinished. But to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven, doesn't just capture present longings, it also defines our future hope. It declares our future hope. Notice Jesus says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth on earth. Jesus doesn't say, take us all the way to heaven and get us out of this dumpster fire. We're praying for God's kingdom to come on earth. This is our ultimate hope. This is our ultimate hope. Escaping to heaven isn't. Jesus' entire life, message, ministry, including this line of the prayer, is not about how to get to heaven from earth. But not, not about how to get from here to there, but how to get there to come to here. <laughs> it's about getting heaven to come to earth. God coming to dwell and live with us. This is the hope of Scripture from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. And it's not just wishful thinking. It's confident expectation that God will once again come and live and rule and reign in love with God's people in a restored new earth with restored new people. And that's grounded in the trust that in due season, the God who has been faithful in the past will do what God has promised. So the kingdom of God for which we pray, which we long for, which we hope, is an already but not yet reality. It breaks through now, and we, we catch glimpses of it, but we'll only fully be here one day when Christ returns as he promised. I remember in uh, some way halfway through the middle of COVID, uh, I was talking with our oldest a, a bit about um, Jesus coming back one day and how, and how Jesus promises to do that and what that will look like. And I just I talked about it very simply as, you know, kind of no more hurting and no more tears, no more sadness, no more sickness. And his ears perked up with the sickness part. Um, and so when we prayed a little bit later, he, he said, Jesus, we want you to come back soon so that COVID will go away. That, that's the hope that, that spills out of thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. To pray thy kingdom come on earth is to name and stake our ultimate hope on what God promises to do. To bring the life of heaven to earth one day in final victory so that all creation can live together in perfect harmony with each other and with God. Where every knee bows, every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord. No more pain, no more death, no more suffering, no more tears. Dwelling in the, in the glorious eternal presence of God where God is literally our everything. Our everything. 
And our hope is in what God promises to do. And we can't, we can't manufacture this ourselves. We can, we can labor for it. We can labor for God's kingdom, for God's reign being full. But, but, but God's reign being fully realized on earth as in heaven is the work of the one who reigns ultimately. And it is this hope condensed in thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven that is the powerful driving force, uh, our rallying cry, our anthem for, the work, for, for God's work in the world, God's kingdom work in the world through the Holy Spirit. Because praying with a future hope means living hopefully in the present. Which leads to, to one final thought. Praying thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, confesses our primary allegiance to God's kingship. Confesses our primary allegiance to God's kingship. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not my kingdom come, not my will be done. So we're acknowledging, God, you are the king of my heart and the king of the world. You're in charge, not me. You rule all creation. Help us to want what you want. It's not what the United States of America or Australia or what Egypt wants first. It's not what liberals or conservatives want first. It's not what Apple or Amazon or Google wants first. It's not what I want first. It's what God wants first. Remember Jesus, even when he was in, 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 that, um, in agony in that last hour, uh, facing his death, facing the, the pain and, and the darkness of that moment, cried out to God in agony and then finished his prayer saying, yet not my will be done, but yours. Praying for God's kingdom to come and God's will to be done must, means we must be prepared to surrender to God's rule first. And not all the other power brokers, storytellers, influencers out there. God has the first and final say. It means that our first love is God. And that God-conditioned love flows out of us, allowing us to love others unconditionally. It means that we we wake up every single day asking ourselves, how can I orient my life to the kingdom of God? How can I orient my life to God's kingdom today? It means we actually seek first what we're praying for. Because Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom, then everything else will be added unto you. When God our Father is also God our King, our lives and our loves are in the proper order. It means we actually live like God is running the show. And it's one of the great and beautiful mysteries and paradoxes of the life of faith. We surrender ourselves to God's rule and reign, and we discover our true selves. When we're citizens first of God's kingdom, when we're citizens first of God's kingdom, we discover the best way to live in the midst of earthly kingdoms. And here's the amazing thing that happens. Here's the amazing thing that happens. Our surrender and allegiance to God's rule and reign coincides with the Holy Spirit empowering us to do God's kingdom work in the world. We we cannot be laborers for the kingdom of God unless God reigns in our hearts. And we've surrendered our first allegiance to God. 
Those who pray for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven become the very ones laboring for it in the strength of the Holy Spirit. So, in just a few minutes when we pray the Lord's Prayer, I'm going to invite us to, to maybe pray that phrase like we've never prayed it before. And, and maybe that will carry over to, to the coming weeks as well. Not just here in this space, but in our lives of, of prayer and, and faith and discipleship in, in general. Praying it like, it like it deserves an exclamation point. Like we really mean it, like we're prepared to, to live it. Expressing our, our present longings, our future hope, and our first allegiance to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who reigns forever and whose kingdom has no end. Yes, indeed. May, may it come. May it come here and here and here and here and here everywhere as it is in heaven. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.